What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. We've got another episode today of our prospect rankings. We'll finally get back to our really regular Cold Seat episodes this week. Uh, been a little bit of a busy weekend, and then with baseball going on, a uh, busy week last week for us. But we've got our quarterback episode today, and then we're gonna have a regular regular Cold Seat episode coming out this Thursday or Friday. Um, we're back on a regular schedule now, but quarterbacks today. We were gonna do off the tackles, new quarterbacks last, but um, a, a lot of the quarterbacks are going to be testing, at least the ones that are going to be talked about today are going to be testing the combine. And um, we're not going to see a lot of, even if they are there, I, I don't think, um, like I know Jaden's going to, Jaden Daniels is going to be there. I think he's going to throw, but not test. Um, so again, the, I thought the athletic testing doesn't really matter for these guys as much as it does the tackles and receivers. So, we bump up quarterbacks since the combine starts on Thursday in a couple of days. So, how many guys did you watch, Brad? I, I only watched a few, like actual. Um, like I probably watched. I mean, I know a lot of what these guys are ready to have. You watch college football, right. and you see a lot of quarterback right. play. Um, so I, I probably only watched. Include, I, mean, I guess if I include watching the senior bowl, I probably saw you know probably about ten guys. Um, I'll probably we'll probably only talk about six or seven today right and that was kind of my plan going into it i have eight guys that i have stuff on really about six but eight guys um but i figure i want to get through the first two because i think there's a gap between you know seven and eight and the rest because i do really like all the guys but for the sake of making this likely to be marathon of an episode any more of a marathon uh i'll keep right. it quick with the first two so we can give a little more time a little more love to the guys that are going to be getting um a good bit more love come draft night as we could potentially see six quarterbacks go on day one um it's looking like maybe five right now but potentially six and i don't think anyone would be shocked so first guy um that i'll talk about and i guess you can say eighth on my list was michael pratt from tulane um from boca raton florida 6'3, 220 a little bit older of a redshirt junior i believe uh, as he turns 23 sometime around week one so he'll be 22 at the draft um four seasons at tulane he's the 2023 aac offensive player of the year um from what i know he's going to do everything at the combine and in 2023 he had a 65.4 completion 20, just over 2,400 passing yards, 8.5 yards per attempt, 22 touchdowns to five picks. I don't have his rushing stats up here, but probably somewhere around 200 yards uh, is pretty standard for a college quarterback who is a pass-first guy like Pratt is. Um, he was a pretty good scrambler from what I noticed. It just seemed like he was a really good leader from for the team. Um, you know, once they lost Tajay Spears, he became even more of a leader, and I think that looked really good on him for next level, you know, kind of a backup guy, um, which I'm presuming what his role is going to be. Um, he had pretty high IQ, pretty good overall accuracy, and then good touch. Um, most of the time layered the ball pretty well. I noticed sometimes he wouldn't let the play develop. He would kind of rush through his progressions and leave the pocket a little early. Um, now, that's not always to his fault because it's not like he had the best players around him like some of these other guys did but it just seemed like he also wasn't really aware of the pocket he didn't have great pocket presence um didn't really 
have the best idea of what was going on around him, but I did really like him. Um, could be a round three guy, probably top around four. Um, you know, see, see some teams trade up, you know, between day two and day three to just to, to snag him at the top around four if he falls there, but it could go in round three, but I did really like him. Yeah, Pratt would have been my eighth guy as well. Uh, I won't go over Pratt uh, much like you will again here. I think you hit the nail on the head on the big stuff. Um, gets a little impatient in the pocket. Doesn't always trust his feet. Um, when pressure arrives, he's, you know, just I don't think he performs well under pressure um, in the pocket. That yada yada yada. You get a lot of a lot of college quarterbacks are like that. That's just again, let me notice a Pratt. Um, but all around, he's a good player. Played a lot of college football. Um, certainly a, a guy who's played a little football and I think will come into the NFL ready to play if needed in a backup role. Um, I think you're right. He's probably, if a, there's a team on day three or I'm sorry, on day two, late on late in round three, that goes like, we want to make sure we get him before we get to round four and you know, trades can happen overnight to, to the top of round four. Cause right. he's team taking him as a backup. Uh, maybe a, a team with an injury prone quarterback or an older guy uh, maybe takes Pratt um, as a backup. But I think you're right. I think round four, um, round three is probably about where he goes. Um, I've got. I think we already have the same guy at seven. Um, so I'll quickly go with the guy I had um, outside. I've just watched a lot of his tape, watching um, his running back and his and his right tackle and sorry his left tackle this year. Um, and that's going to be Sam Hartman of Notre Dame. Obviously, I've done a lot of watching on Joe Alt, done a bunch of watching on Audrey Estime. Um, and I liked Hartman at Wake a couple of years ago. Um, he threw for 4,200 yards, uh, 39 touchdowns, 14 picks in 2021. Had a down year in 2022. Uh, more yards per attempt, though. Uh, attempted a lot less padding. What's this going to be? 78 less passes in 2022. And then um, and this year, attempted only 305 passes on 340 dropbacks. Um way down from his 2021 season where he had 601 dropbacks and 508 attempts. But um, kind of the nature of the Notre Dame offense on a per attempt basis, he was better this year. This is his best year for sure. Um, 8.8 yards per attempt, 24 touchdowns, eight picks. Um, Turnover worthy play percentage was a little bit higher, but you like to see, I like to see him throw a little, a little bit more down the field. Uh, He pushed it. He was definitely more aggressive this year when he did get dropbacks to go downfield. Um, his pressure rate was down. He obviously uh, playing by a better offensive line at Notre Dame. Um, Sam, I mean, he's a day three guy for sure. I just think he's a, he's a guy you're looking for the next Brock Purdy. I mean, this is a guy who played in structure well in college, and I think can play in structure well in the NFL. You just can't ask him to do a lot. Um, this is a day three guy who, um, if you needed him to make a couple starts, I think he'd be okay too. Um, I'm I'm, just, I'm a big fan of his game. Um, just as a college quarterback, and I could see him being able to make the transition to the NFL as a, as a solid backup. Um, yeah, I'll go at, at, you didn't watch Hartman, did you? No. Okay. I'll give Hartman the quick, the quick shout out. Just, I think he's, he's one of my favorite day three guy of, of the groups that come in and step in right away. Um, I don't know if I'd have him at nine or not, but that's just kind of, obviously there's some stuff like Jordan Travis, I think could potentially become an NFL quarterback someday under the right uh, coaching, but I uh, didn't really watch him. The guy I have at seven, though, and I think this is going to be pretty consensus, uh, is we Spencer Rattler of South Carolina, former Oklahoma product. Um, spent three years in Oklahoma. Obviously sat behind Kyler and 
I sat behind Jalen in 2019. Sorry. Started in 2021, 2020. Got D kind of got got his unseated by Caleb Williams in the Oklahoma uh, Texas game in 2021. Transfers to South Carolina. Uh, 3,000 yards last year. 18 picks, 12 touchdowns. Or sorry, 18 touchdowns, 12 picks. Um, this year, 3,100 yards, 19 touchdowns, eight picks. A higher completion percentage. Good adjusted completion percentage. A lot of drops this year from his receivers, though. Um, and his lowest turnover where they play rate, which I think is the big thing to look at for him. Um, that's up to line of this year. A guy's got a guy's got a lot of arm talent. I think you that's always been evident with him from the Oklahoma days. Um, it was always about kind of wrangling in the trusting the arm way too much and making bad decisions with the football. Um I think when you look at him play Oklahoma and in South Carolina, it's just very different offenses. There's there was a there's a lot of structure in Lincoln Riley's offense, um, especially at Oklahoma, less so at USC. Um, just given kind of the talent drop off they had, kind of recruiting guys into USC. Um, defenses weren't as good when he was there. Um, there's a lot of structure in that in that offense, and I think you saw him do well at that in 2020, and then in 2021, getting out of structure a little bit. Turned the ball over a lot, made some poor decisions. Obviously, got benched. Um, Caleb Williams comes in, and kind of the rest is history for Caleb. And obviously, Spencer goes to South Carolina. Had a kind of a tough year last year. Um, I know the numbers were solid from a, a volume perspective, but 12 picks on 18 touchdowns, 63% completion percentage isn't great. Um, definitely had a better year this year. He looked he he looked like one of the better quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. Um, just the way he threw the ball. I think especially on his team. I think it was. Um, him, Hartman, and Pratt were on the same team at the Senior Bowl, I think. Um, so he definitely looked the best of the, of the group. Um, the arm was lively, the ball jumps out of his hand. Uh, it's just a matter of Spencer being able to. Obviously, there's a lot of maturing. Um, anyone who kind of followed Spencer as a freshman and as a sophomore, and coming out of high school, he was on was the show. Well, I forget what the show was. He was on like a like a Netflix show following high school quarterback recruits, and he was obviously a five star top recruit in the country. Um, arrogant would be putting it lightly, I think, with him coming out, and I and he's clearly done a lot of maturing, and there's been a lot of growth from him personally off the field. What I think is evident with his game, um, evident with the way that he plays. Um, so he's a guy that again a lot of talent. I I think he's probably a late day two or a late round two, round three pick seems right for him. I think round three, maybe. The, so for example, like the Giants, if the Giants go like, hey, we. We are going to stick with Jones for a year, and we don't want to take a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix at the top of round two. We'll take Rattler at the top of round three. That's a potential thing for them. Um, or maybe with the with Seattle's pick in round two, they take they take Rattler. I don't know. Doesn't really seem like a good spot there. Um, but that's just a kind of an example of a team that might miss out on a quarterback that wants to take a chance on a talented guy uh, in round three. It kind of seems like where Spencer will go. Um, I guess a couple a couple other notes on his game um, that I kind of noticed at Senior Bowl and to watching him throughout college football. And again, like a lot of quarterbacks, this is really was a problem for him, and especially last year was happy feet in the pocket, especially even just sitting there. It felt like he was his base is always moving, and even when it was a clean pocket, he was kind of making these off-platform throws. And I just wanted to see him be a little more shoulder square feet planted, throw the ball, drive the ball with the, with, the, with your lower half. Um, and he got better at that this year. Still want to see more of it. I feel like he's 
relying on the arm too much. I'd like to see him, which is great that you can fit the ball in a lot of places, but that's not going to work at the NFL level, especially when it didn't work for you at the college level that well. So I'd like to see him do a better job of being a fundamental thrower of the football and, and matching that with his arm talent as opposed to just relying on the arm to kind of make throws and fit balls in certain places. So, uh, But overall, a, a talented player. Um, there's probably a lot left in the tank. It's just I don't know if he's ever had an NFL starter. Right. Now, I think he's my QB7 also. And like I said, there's a gap between him and the top six. But I did really like what he put out this year because it seems like early on, and you mentioned kind of coming in with a good bit of confidence, um, you know, being on a Netflix special and stuff like that, kind of all lights on him being a top recruit, um, you know, four or five, four years ago. So I noticed that this year it seemed like he played a little bit safer, kind of let the game come to him. And I think that benefited him because a lot of the times, you know, guys won't stand out if they play safe and they need to make plays that really highlight their strengths. And I don't think Spencer really did a whole lot of that this year. Um, you mentioned from Arizona, 6'1", He is pretty old. Um, you know, going to be 24 when the season starts and or around when the season starts. And then with his two years at South Carolina being these last two seasons, uh, I think the arm talent was put on display a little bit more. He was able to open it up a little bit more, surprisingly, because, you know, you would have thought playing with Lincoln Riley would have lended itself towards doing that more. But it seemed like he was able to do it more at South Carolina. Um, I thought his mechanics looked pretty good overall. and he was pretty mobile as well. Uh, I mean, 68.9% completion or almost 3,200 passing yards, eight yards in attempts, 19 touchdowns, eight picks. So not great numbers, um, but going against really good competition. I did notice this year at times, like the overall processing and decision-making weren't great. And if you have one of those, I think it's a big benefit, but it just seemed like neither of those consistently clicked for him. Processing the ability to assess what, you have and then decision making be able to pick which of the options that he has and go with that and then be fine with it and you know live with mistakes or success i think he didn't consistently trust himself on that and just tried to be sometimes overly safe and then i think by doing that he held onto the ball at sometimes um you know played it a little bit slower and led to a little bit of a worse pocket presence than i thought he would have going into it. But overall, I did like him. I do think he can be a round two guy. But like you said, probably around three. Um, just going to come down in the end to, you know, where the guys ahead of him go and how early they go. Because I think he's, like you said, going to be the first one after those first round pick contenders. But they really like him. Seven for me. But um, the last guy that was left out of my top five was Oregon's Bo Nix. Um, I, I really liked Bo. I just think at the end of the day, he didn't show as much as people want to say he showed just because I think overall at Oregon, he, that was a pretty QB friendly system and he didn't do a ton of processing. I thought he had great, you know, really solid playmakers around him and he didn't consistently show that like command that you want to see from a quarterback seemed like he had a little bit slower of a processor and didn't confidently drive the ball 
wherever you needed him to or wherever he decided to. Um, you know, sometimes he would just lob it to Bucky, and it seemed like he was hoping for something more, and he could have had it, but he didn't want to, you know, possibly throw a pick or have an incompletion. I think he cared, especially towards the end of the season, he cared a lot about that completion percentage that was crazy at 77.4% this year. Um, but overall, I just think he was surprisingly athletic and explosive. I didn't think he'd be quite that athletic. Um, I did notice he was able to create outside of the pocket, uh, scrambling, you know, still behind the line of scrimmage, getting stuff downfield to the sidelines, middle of the field. Um, he did play in and out of structure. Pretty accurate. I thought he layered the ball really well, uh, depending on where he needed it. The touch he needed to have on it, for the most part, was really, really solid, which, you know, shows from the experience he had, I think definitely helped him hone in that skill throughout the years. Uh, as he spent three seasons at Auburn and then the last two at Oregon. Um, arm strength over the middle, I thought was pretty good, more so than anywhere else. I think that 15-yard range uh, was kind of a sweet spot. The intermediate overall to the sidelines wasn't quite as good, a little bit better in the middle of the field. But, uh, you know, check downs and the deep balls were not quite as good. Um, I think the deep balls probably looked better because of Troy Franklin ultimately being able to get under any throw. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had over 4,500 yards this year, almost 10 yards in attempt, 45 touchdowns and three picks. So crazy numbers for him um, in the Pac-12. But I think at the end of the day, I just – I think he's a safer pick than some guys I have ahead of him, but I just don't think his ceiling is going to really be that high. Um, you know, as an older guy, you kind of know what you're getting with him. I think he – just turned 24 so he might be the oldest guy in the class but i know overall um that he he's gonna have probably a 10-year career uh, i think he can be a good backup but i just don't know how much more progress progressing he's gonna do um from a on-field performance standpoint yeah um so i think i think with with Bo, um so i've got Bo at five on my list um so I'll, I'll talk about him now though um the things i like about Bo is i felt like from the auburn days to the oregon days you saw a lot of growth from the from the the from the person and the player i think physically and mentally um pe- people forget about the auburn days with Bo is that you know Bo got there and, and his dad was a, a legendary quarterback for for auburn um he's born and raised in the area he he bled you know auburn blue and auburn orange kind of from the day he was born um and i think there's a real human element for an 18 year old kid getting thrust into that position that i think a lot of people forget about um it just wasn't a fit for Bo. the offense the school i mean everything it just everything what everything that could go wrong for Bo went wrong there um he gets a fresh start at Oregon. He gets to an offense that I think suited his skill set far better than what Gus Malzahn wanted him to do at, at Auburn when Gus was still there. Um, I, I think I think what Bo does best is, is run the RPO. Genuinely, he's a he's a great RPO quarterback. Like you said, I was genuinely surprised with the athleticism that he that he did put on display the last two years at Oregon. Um, Bo's not going to have the arm that the other guys – every other quarterback in this class probably has, that we're going to talk about the rest of the day. Um, 
has a better arm than him, including JJ McCarthy. They like, and even like Jaden Daniels, who I don't think has like a flamethrower or any strength. Like he didn't have like a super strong arm. He's got a better arm than Bo. The thing with Bo is, I, I thought Bo did a really good job of making the right decision and running the Oregon offense well, which again is is super heavy RPO. Um, I don't even know if I'd call it like quarterback friendly. It's just, I think it's just offense friendly. It's very, it's very structured. It's very get the ball out. It's, 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 a, it's two reads. It's one read, right? Um, it helps when you have people like George Franklin and Buck Irving and they have quality tight end room and they had a good offensive line. And, and um, I'm going to forget they had another receiver who is actually Bo's parents raised basically. Um, in in all in Alabama, I forget his name. Um, gosh, I feel like it's Tez something. Um, they might come to me later. But guy who had a good year this year for them. Via, uh, get got him over. Got him over to Oregon via the transfer portal. Um, so again, quality weapons, quality quality running back. But again, the, the offense is built to run that run that efficiently. The Oregon offense. I'm not gonna ding Bo because he didn't have deep throws and wasn't taking the top off the defense because that, that just wasn't the offense. That wasn't the identity of the offense, nor do I think that's Bo's identity as a quarterback. I don't think he needs to, I don't think he's going to be ever a guy who's going to just crush you deep with kind of like what Penix in the Washington offense did. Those are two, these two to me are two very different players. I think people, they, and they'll forever be linked together because senior bowl together, they went, you know, they played, played each other twice this year, all this stuff, Heisman race, but I think with I think with with Bo he's very I don't want to say like dink and dunk but it does remind me of kind of what kind of the the Sean Payton Joe Lombardi offense of like hey Bo could run this really well like I I think Bo would be a great fit for the Broncos just with Sean Payton knowing that that's the kind of offense Sean Payton wants to run um with some plot with again with with plus athleticism in the pocket um Getting on the run, running the RPO. Again, the RPO game was great for Bo. Um, he's also a smart player. I thought he he did a great job in pre-snap reads, identifying the defense. Um, footwork could be a little bit better at times. Um, but again, I don't. He doesn't really have. To, he can't really make these funky arm slot throws. So his 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 feet are are, are better than some in the class. Um, again, avoids the negative play, which I like. I. There are some quarterbacks like Jaden Daniels going from this year to last year to this year. It was like, I need Jaden to take a couple shots and be a little more aggressive. But Jaden has a bigger arm. I'm not saying it's huge, but he's got the arm to drive the ball to the numbers as opposed to like, I don't think Bo has that. And so Bo, Bo very much played within himself and within his skill set this year, which I appreciated. Um, I don't know if a team takes him in round one. I think... I mean, realistically, like, I mean, like, I guess I could see the Broncos taking him at 12 just because, like, Sean Payton doesn't really care. Like, it's his show, and he's going to do what he wants. If he wants a new quarterback, he's going to get a new quarterback. Um, so I think Bo can start in the NFL. I don't know how long he can start in the NFL. I think he's definitely the highest – one of the higher ceiling – he's the highest ceiling guy of the guys from forward to however many other quarterbacks in the draft. The top three are different, but the guys who are at four and after, he's the highest ceiling or the highest floor, 
and he's probably got one of the lower ceilings of the of this of the guys from four to six that we're going to talk about. Um, that's I think he's a really good player. Um, I think he again plays within himself and could easily come in and, and become a quality NFL starter for a team. Again, a Brock Purdy type. Like, there's nothing wrong with having Brock Purdy. There's yeah. really not. They they should have team should have won a Super Bowl. Head coach got cute again on third again late in the fourth quarter, but team should have won, team should have won a Super Bowl. And I think Bo. Not next year, but in three, four years, could do that for a team, right? Is is be a game manager, a game manager plus, if you will, that can again take a team to deep in the playoffs by just playing his role and playing within the confines of the offense, which I think Bo can absolutely do. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I said, I do really like Bo. I just don't think his ceiling is what some of the other guys are, and. I'm at six. You have him at five. I mean, we're not. He's not top three or even a one for a reason. I mean, oh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of high quality quarterbacks, and uh, you know, you got to rank him somewhere. But I'll let you get the next guy since I got Bo first. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go with Penix now. Penix is the guy I have outside the top five at six. Um, couple reasons for this. Number one, the medicals are are, are gonna matter. The guy's got a bionic arm and two blown knees. That that's gonna matter for NFL teams. Um, I don't think he's a, I don't think I'm pretty confident. He's not getting picked up the first round. I think, um, Bo's got a shot because Bo's got a, a higher ceiling B clean medicals. I think Penix's medical is going to keep him out of the first round. Um, we just don't often see teams take risks on quarterbacks with medicals that are also going to be 24 as rookies. We just don't see it. That's a big part of it. Um, for me with Mike, I'll start with the really with the good. This guy's got a absolute bazooka for a left arm. Um, he can he can put the ball anywhere on the field. Uh, he's he's an incredibly tough player. I think he makes good decisions. He's not afraid to take a shot. Not afraid to trust his arm. Um, I guess the guy can throw it a country mile. I think he gets through his progressions pretty well. I think there's some stuff when you actually go watch the L22, it's like, mm, if you just held it for another second, you could have thrown it here or here or here. And maybe that's nitpicky, but um, there's definitely stuff in the tape where, where it's it's not as – it's not – I came away from Mike's tape a little disappointed. And I've watched a lot of the Washington offense just getting a lot of Rome and the receivers and, and Fontenot and, and, and more stuff for Mike. But I'll say again, Mike's got – NFL caliber, NFL starting caliber, arm talent, and velocity on the ball. Here's where, and again, he has zero hesitation to just to just let it rip. He he'll do it at, at the. I mean, he sees a window, he's 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 throwing the ball. So, um, and I and I love that. Here here's kind of where I I have a lot of trepidation about about Michael Penix, the NFL player. He's inconsistent. I thought the ball placement was and the accuracy was spotty of most of the time um i think when you watch the texas game like man this guy's a top 10 pick because he looked like it and then you watch the michigan game and it's like what happened here like mike's not even a day around two guy and i think you see a lot in that in the tape i think you see flashes during games where it's like man that's a really good ball and then the next possession he'll miss a guy or he'll overthrow him um it's not even like it's not even that he's put putting too much like velocity on the ball. I, that's that to me. That, that's a receiver issue. If you can catch the ball, hit the jug machine harder. Like quarterback's gonna throw it at you as hard as he wants to. That's just how it's gonna be. 
and the completion rate was fine because because they threw the ball a lot at Washington. Again, it's just it's the inconsistency with the touch on the ball that I think he lacks, and I think we see a lot of quarterbacks with incredibly strong arms lack touch sometimes, and I think Mike does lack the touch. He's also not going to be a guy who's going to be very mobile for you. He's not a phenomenal athlete. He's not a great mover outside the pocket. Um, really not going to be a threat to run with his legs. And again, I just I don't think he's got great technique. I think he trusts the arm a lot. The footwork's kind of all over the place sometimes, and the throwing mechanics are super wonky. He looks like Philip Rivers if he was a lefty when he throws the ball. Um, he's got this super kind of weird side sidearm kind of throw motion. Um, so that's kind of my thing with Mike. That's why I'm at six. Um, not that it's like clear cut to me. It's just. I don't know if Mike can ever become a, like a clear cut what Bo can be. The stuff, the floor is a lot lower, but it, but to, to Penix's credit, if, if he can go find a place with a good offensive line with, with talented receivers, he could go be here. think he could do. Okay. There's the other thing I'll say is people, and, we, and I don't know why, but we saw a lot of knocks on Bo. Like, Oh, he's got really good players. Like I'm going to bring it up with, with Mike. Uh, it's pr- it's pretty likely that Mike's going to step into the NFL and be in a worse receiver room than what he had at Washington. Like, that was an NFL receiver room to a T. Rome's a, Rome's a one from the day he steps in the NFL. In, in on most teams, I think. Jalen McMillan's a quality receiver, probably a three. I think Jalen Polk's got the potential to be a really good wide receiver, too, for a team. Like, he step, he's, he's stepping into a worse receiver room at the NFL level, I think. I thought they also had, I mean, they, they he had the best offensive line in of the country per, you know, they won the Joe Moore Award, which is the best offensive line in of the country. Uh, Troy Fontenot is going to be a first round pick. They had a couple of guys, I believe they had the top, th- two of the top five transfer offensive linemen who are underclassmen for Washington, so they're gone, or juniors who went back to school. So I just, for all the talk that we talk about with Bo, I feel like we have to do it with Mike because he was in the same, if not a better position talent and team wise than Bo had. And that to me was a big deal. And it's like, what are you going to do without Romo Dunze? You may not have a Romo Dunze at the next level. Like what, like what are we going to do? So I don't know. Again, I love, I love Penix. I love Mike. He's, he's an awesome story. I just, we, we saw the same stuff. Be the hindrances in his game for basically four years five years and it didn't get a lot better over the course of his college career. It got definitely got better at times, but I think like being in the offense helped a lot. And I just, I, I worry that he won't be able to reach his ceiling in the NFL at, in the NFL because of the stuff that holds him back. Now that said, I, I wish, I wish I could have him in my top five. I honestly, I wish he'd be QB four for me. Um, He's awesome. He's, he's probably my favorite player, like in this class to be like of, of the quarterbacks. He's probably my favorite guy. Um, it's just like I can't sit here with all that stuff on the table and say he's he's going to be a top four guy for me. So um, I love Mike. I just like I say, he's a talented player, talented kid. I just and he's a great story. The fact that he's gotten healthy, it's just I don't I don't see it going forward. To be honest. Yeah, I do think it's tough to project him, and that's ultimately what everyone does with draft picks. But um, the way he came back from all those injuries he suffered when he spent four years at Indiana to go to Washington and 
ball out for two years um, was huge. I think it was huge for not only NFL teams, um, but also his own confidence. I assume going into India or going from Indiana to Washington, he didn't have the most confidence uh, knowing that, you know, his career was consistently riddled with injuries. He wasn't really able to, to put a consistent product on the field. But I do think, um, you know, because of what we saw with him at Washington, and I know he had great talent around him and wasn't going against the best defenses, but I do think he has what it takes to potentially be a starting QB. I don't know if, I don't think he's going to start uh, year one, nor should he, but I think ultimately that his arm's going to be enough um, from Tampa, Florida, 6'3", 213, which is fine size. Um like you said, going to be, I think, 24 in May, like May 8th or something. So right after the draft, he's going to turn 24. Stats this past year, completion percentage of just over 65, almost 5,000 pass yards, 8.8 per attempt, 36 touchdowns, 11 picks. Elite arm strength. He's a ball driver. Um, you know, if you had to put a golf club for everyone in this QB room, uh, he would be the driver. Um, he was really accurate. Um, I thought he had surprising touch on intermediate routes. Um, you know, checkdowns are a little bit different, but for inter- intermediate routes, I went into it thinking that he kind of had one, you know, one speed and that was max velocity. Um, you know, that's why his deep ball was so special because he was an aggressive decision maker, uh, which I think played to his benefit this year, just with, like you said, the receivers he had around him. Um, and they had, for the most part, also because of those receivers, more complex passing concepts. And I think he's athletic enough. I know he played in a lot of structure this past year, like you said, with a really, really good O-line and great receivers. But I think he's athletic enough at the next level. Now, honestly, and I think most people can come to this conclusion that he's not going to play in a great offense. It's going to give him the best chance to succeed at the next level, like some other QBs in this class probably will, um, which is why I think sitting year one will be great. Um, I noticed he didn't always layer the throws. I know he had good touch at times intermediate, but in terms of layering, um, you know, there were surprising, a surprisingly high number of missed passes that were, you know, 10 yards or less. Um, I wish he was a little bit better of a thrower on those shorter routes. And I noticed he, he would get out of sacks fairly well, um, but he would not get out of getting hit. Uh, he would step in the throw and get hit, which is not ideal to see from a guy with his injury history. Um, so still took a lot of QB hits, just not um, a lot of them were sacks. And I wish he would progress through his reads a little bit quicker. Um, that also led to, you know, the hits being up were just, he took a while. He took a while to get reads, and I don't think it's because it took the routes and plays long to develop. I just think it took him a little bit to get through it, and I think that's something that can be um, improved and quickened at the next level. But at the end of the day, he is my QB4. Um, I do think he can have a career that some people are thinking he will in terms of an upside ceiling um, type career, but I do realize and I'm aware of the floor for him. And I know it's always tough to project a guy with his you know, six years in college with the injury history that he has, but I know medicals are a huge deal and I hope they don't affect him too much. Cause like you said, I agree with you. I really, really like him. I hope really hope he pans out at the next level, um, whatever team he lands on. But I do think a team that drafts him is going to get a really hardworking, dedicated guy that, 
you know, is going to do everything he can to stay healthy and, you know, be the guy when his time comes. And I know he's like, like similar to Bo, uh, two old guys that have been through it uh, in college. I mean, Bo has the most starts ever for a college quarterback. Um, so I think, I think Penix can go in round one. I, like you said, I think the injuries might keep him out of it, but I do think there's a real chance that he goes in round one and some team just trades up to get that fifth year option in him and says, screw it. Um, you know, what he shows in his arm and his potential is too great to keep his injury history from getting him to our organization. So did really like him, but he's QB4 for me. Um, I didn't think there was so, a way he... So QB4 for you. Okay, yeah. QB4. I, I wonder if Seattle is at pick what? 16? Yeah. What, is, what, if, they, what if they move back? From from 16 to like the late 20s, there's a team that wants to get up. Say one of the tackles or one of the receivers falls, right? Or maybe Bowers falls, and someone wants to get of Cincinnati 17 to get him. That's like so. For example, like I'm, yeah. I've picked, well, I picked the team for Bo. That it's like, man, Bo could go here. 12, I could maybe see it for Bo. It, again, a trade down is I, I like it a lot better. What if Seattle moves back? And they take Penix to get him back with Ryan Grubb. They sit him for a year behind Geno. And he starts in 2025. That To me, that's my favorite. And I've done this. We've, we've talked about this before. Um, off the pop. That, that's my favorite spot for Penix. And, that, and that's the round one spot, I think, for him. Um, I really think Seattle's just the spot. Because like, Grubb knows him. He knows the injury history. He knows the, the kid. He knows the player. Like To me, that that's the spot for yeah. It's just, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. I it, mean, it, it it just it, it just it can't be at sixteen. It it, it cannot be at sixteen. Like no, a, there's just gonna be too much right. talent available, and there there's gonna be someone who's there that should, that teams didn't think would be there. A corner, a tackle. God, maybe there's not even an edge rusher taken yet, and they want to get edge one. Maybe ver- you know what I mean. There's gonna be some talent that that's better than sixteenth overall pick would normally return you that a team will go up and get that Seattle could move back for. So, oh yeah, yeah. I, I really like, I really like that fit. I know that's kind of the main one that I think would make sense. And while it seems like Gino's gonna be the starter this year, I think it would make a lot of sense for, um, you know, Penix to sit there and really learn from Gino, who he could learn a lot from. And obviously, like you said, the connection with Ryan Grubb, who was his OC at Washington, hardly any moving costs. And I think, like you said, with trading moving back, costs. I mean. John Snyder is going to be a guy that wants value, and I don't think he's going to sit there and take Penix and you know be happy at the end of the day. So I think moving back would make a lot of sense, and uh, could definitely see it come round one if they don't like how the board's falling uh, when they're on the clock. But yeah, moving in, um, I guess I will hit JJ, who's my QB five. Um, I do really like JJ from Lagrange Park, Illinois. Um, you know, got recruited pretty heavily from Michigan from the jump. Um, stayed loyal to them. Spent three seasons there. From what I know, he's going to do everything at the Combine. Um, could really benefit him. I think he, out of all the quarterbacks, he probably has the most to gain at the Combine. Um, I mean, he did have a good season this past year. I mean, 72, over 72% completion percentage, almost 3,000 pass yards, which is really low. Nine yards in attempt, 22 picks, or excuse me, 22 touchdowns and four picks. Um, 
I know Michigan, the way they were with two really good running backs and a great O-line, they didn't really ask J.J. to do a whole lot. And everyone who follows college football really knows that. And going into the draft, you're doing a lot of projection with J.J. just because of what he put on tape or really lack thereof in college at Michigan. But from what I noticed, um, he's surprisingly quick and agile. I didn't think he would be that quick going into it. I thought he'd be a little bit more of a pocket passer. Um I noticed he could create outside of structure, pretty accurate in the middle of the field. Um, and he was pretty tough. He did take some hits. Um, I know sometimes it's just him trying to extend plays and like put something good out there. And we saw that kind of bite him in the, uh, you know, the Big Ten championship and then the playoffs a couple of times. But I noticed he overall um, didn't always layer his throws as much as you would have liked to see. And I think he really could easily do that more frequently. I just think he probably didn't learn a whole much, probably didn't focus on it a whole lot because a lot of the times he was, you know, checking it down, throwing shorter routes, slants, um, digs, stuff like that, that didn't really ask ask for him to progress through it. And I think due to that, his processing wasn't great. His timing wasn't great, um, which can also easily be improved at the next level. I think, he has all the tools to be a really good starting quarterback. And I don't know um, if a team's going to ask him to start um, his rookie year. Now they might have to because of injuries, of course, but I don't think a team should ask him to start rookie year. I think he has a lot of learning to do a lot of progressing within his game. Um, similar to a few other guys, it's going to take him a year to really sit and absorb everything, absorb the speed of the game, which for the most part you can only do while playing, but I think sitting for a year will be really helpful for him. I think he can come in year two and be a quality quarterback. And I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 quarterback, but I do think he has the potential to be a, you know, a solid quarterback. And I know um, he didn't really get a whole lot of love really until back half of the season. Um, but just with the way that team was, the way they liked to go about running their offense, matching the personnel that they had, wasn't really QB friendly um, in terms of maximizing his stock. So I re- I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does at the combine. But at the n- end of the day, I think he's the fourth quarterback drafted. I think he's a first round pick. And I really like what he has. I know 6'3, 202, probably going to be different numbers at the combine, but a little bit skinny, smaller frame. I do think he can put on some weight in his probably redshirt year that he's about to have. But I do, I just love what he his potential is and what he's done. He's shown flashes of being, you know, having elite plays and being so young. I think he's the youngest quarterback in this class, just turned 21 last month. Um, so I think he has a lot ahead of him and I hope it pans out for him. Um, but QB five for me. So for, uh, JJ's going to be, he's at four for me. Um, I feel, I feel, I, I feel like a bit differently about JJ um than you just kind of based on 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 what you said i i think jj can come up with, I, I think if a team picks him like they have to start him right away the expectation should be low but i think that he he i mean it's not like he hasn't played a lot of football right um he was a half starter him and him and Cade mcnamara by the end of the year were split in time in 2021 jj was a full-time starter last year and when you watch the tape, like he made a he made a lot of leaps and bounds, I think, as a processor and as a decision maker from this from last year to this year. Um, here's a stat for you that I was surprised by. 
Um, let me see if I can find 2023 college quarterbacks, draft eligible college quarterbacks by uh, first half passing attempts minus screens. Um, JJ McCarthy with 199 is good for first out of four between Drake May, Jaden uh, Daniels, and Caleb Williams. That said, obviously his attempts are probably a lot lower on the year due to the fact that Michigan was A, um, up in a lot of games, and B, ran the hell out of the ball in the second half um, a lot, as opposed to uh, USC and UNC being down at half a lot. Um, and obviously LSU just was throwing the piss out of the ball, <laughs> no matter what the score was. Um, those guys are just throwing deep every time, it felt like. When you watch when you watch the LSU tape, it's like, all right, are they throwing the deep shot to Malik or to BTJ this time? Or is, or is Jaden going to take all? Like, that's feels like 80% of the plays, and it's obviously not, but like it feels like 80% of the plays, it's like one of those guys is getting like a, like a 20-yard ball, 20-yard-plus ball, or Jaden's taking off for, for a 20-yard scramble. Um, so, obviously, a lot different than what Michigan did. Um, I was shocked. I just saw that. I was shocked by that. Um, I just I think, I think we have to project a lot with JJ because we don't often see – I also – I will say, like, I, I do think had – Jim Harbaugh not been suspended for, you know, four games at the start of the year, four games at the end of the year. I do think there's a lot, a lot is different with the offense. When Sharon Moore took over as the head coach, the offense became like, we're just going to like go with the bread and butter and beat bad teams because we know we're better than them up front. And that's what they did against, um, I'm afraid who they played uh, before, Ohio State, and then even against Penn State, like they threw the ball zero times in the second half because they were just up, and they and they knew they could. They knew the defense was going to hold Penn State's offense to nothing, and they could just run the ball the whole time. And hey, props to if you can run the ball every time and win games, go for it. Um, I just wonder, like, put JJ in the Oregon offense, and I think it looks a lot better for JJ. I think he's an easy top fifteen pick. Um. The skill sets there. There's also some throws on tape where it's like, man, that's really good. Like that's who that's 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 serious, right? So there's some really, really, really good plays on tape from JJ. Some really good throws. Where for a guy who, again, young, still played a lot of football, but also while he's played a lot of football, and I think the experience is there. A guy who hadn't thrown a lot of passes, a lot of had really been in the true quarterback drop back pass role um so i think as a rookie like he's i think he has to start right away if you draft him i just think you have to ramp him up kind of like you would a pitcher like you've got to ramp up what he can do right you, you can't actually go throw 40 times a game in his first three games you gotta ramp, you gotta build him up to that as the year goes on um but i i like jj a lot i think there's a lot to work with there talk about a toolsy guy i For mean sure. Doesn't get a lot more toolsy than him. Um, just he's he's got a, he's got a, a plus athletic build. Um, he's a little slender, which I think he can put some weight on his frame. But again, um, that's more than doable. Uh, you look at all the throws. I think I think his arm is underrated just due to the fact he didn't get didn't get to see him use it a lot in college. Um, but I'm a big fan of JJ's. I, I do think he ends up being a top 15 pick. I don't I don't know if I buy that a team is trading in the top 10 for him. I kind of think Atlanta is where it starts for him at eight because I'm very confident that it's going to be Caleb at one and then whichever order of May and Daniels at two and three, 
and then we're going to go from there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a team is moving. I don't think Atlanta's going from eight to five to get JJ. I don't think that I don't think they're going to take that risk and give up the capital. I don't think they're going to feel the pressure from Minnesota or who I think is who I think is going to resign Kirk now. Um, based on some things I've heard from some uh, some people I know with some league sources, but I kind of think like I don't know if Minnesota, Denver, or Vegas is going to make the jump to seven ahead of Atlanta. So I just don't know if a team moves up for JJ, but I think he's going to be a top fifteen pick. Like I think if he makes it to eleven or twelve or thirteen, he's going to go. I think if he makes it. I think I think Atlanta could just sit there at eight and take him honestly if they don't right. go trade for Fields or whatever. Like and it sounds like they want a young quarterback. Like they could just take JJ at eight, and I think that's what would happen. We try, we try and find these, these, these spots for quarterback trade ups, and it just never feels like it happens. Like, oh man, like what if the team move up for Levis or whatever? Like that didn't happen. What if, what if a team moves up for for Fields at, at, at eight? Well, that didn't happen, did it? Half that outside the top ten. It's kind of where I think we're going this year. So. um I think he's going to be a top 15 pick. There's a lot of tools. The NFL is going to love him. Um, I just don't know if he's like trade up worthy candidate, but um, he's a pretty, a pretty firm QB four for me. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I went into this once I finished my rankings. I was like, I could definitely see, um, you know, flopping JJ and Penix, but for right now, I just like Penix a little bit more in terms of what he's been able to do and then how much he can grow also at the next level. But in terms of JJ, um, I do think, you know, a team that drafts him most most likely is going to start him. I just don't know how that's going to pan out for him. But, uh, yeah, like you said, eight with Atlanta is probably the ceiling. If you happen to get to 19, I know we were talking with the Rams. Um, we were talking about the Rams potentially, um, you know, taking him if he's there. I think that's the range, the ultimate range that could um, happen without trades. Obviously, if teams move around the board, then his range could change. But, for the, for now, um, eight to nineteen seems the range, but from everything I've seen, it seems like he's a lock to be a first round pick and uh, a top twenty pick at that. So that is the scoop on JJ. Um, we both have t- three guys left, the same three, whether it's the same order or not. I guess that um, remains to be seen. But I'll let you get um, the next guy since I started on JJ. All right, I'll go. I'll kick it off at three here. Um... It's going to be Louisiana State's Jaden Daniels uh, made it to LSU by way of Arizona State. Um, let me get the let me get, let me get the measurables up on on Jaden here. Um, I don't actually have him pulled up right in front of me. I should. This is horrendous podcasting from from me today, but that's okay. Um, maybe I should type in Daniels too. That might help, huh? There's a lot of Jadens in college. I got six four two ten, but I don't that's what I got. Six four two. What he played. Yeah, that's what I got. Six four. So they, oh, he ain't 210, I'll tell you that right now. He ain't right. played 210. He'll wait at the combine at 210. Um, actually, I've got another list here. Jaden, last spring, 6'3", 210. No way he's 210. Um, 6'3", 6'4", um, 210. It's a lean 210 at that if it is. Um, some quick numbers here. Spent three years at, at Arizona State as a starter. Um Played in all their games in the abbreviated COVID season 2020. Um, so uh, just under 3,000 yards as a true freshman, 17 touchdowns, two picks, uh, five touchdowns, one pick with almost 700 yards during the 2020 season. 
2,300 yards, just over 2,300 yards, uh, 10 picks, 10 touchdowns in 2021. So took a, a major step back just in the statistical department, despite a percentage. Um, got to LSU in 2022. Uh, 2,900 yards, 17 touchdowns, three picks. So kind of mirrored what he did freshman year, just a higher completion percentage. Um, basically the same A dot, uh, less turnover what he plays at 0.06%, uh, which is pretty wild. Um, and then this year, obviously, uh, took home the Heisman Trophy, 3,800 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, four picks. But here's, here's the other part of his game that we haven't even talked about is the legs. And this is why we're talking about him as the number three quarterback in the draft. Rushed for 1,000 yards last year. Rushed for 1,250 yards this year. 10 touchdowns and three fumbles. Um, man, long of 85. 41 10-plus yard runs. Uh, 47 missed tackles forced. Um, guy is a freak. 25% breakaway uh, percentage per PFF. Um, you can design the run for him. You can have him scramble, do all this stuff, QB draw, whatever. Um, a lot of people want to compare him to, Lamar, to Lamar Jackson. I don't know if I love that comp. I, I get it. Like, there's not a lot of guys who move like Jaden does, and Lamar is one of them. Um, I think Lamar was maybe not as fast as Jaden, but a lot twitchier and a lot shiftier. Um, Jaden's not going to run at the combine. I know he's going to run at his senior at his, at his pro day uh, for LSU. I don't remember. Do you remember what Lamar's 40 time was? Because I do not. Did he, he run a 40? Run. Yeah. Not shocking. Um, I don't think I don't even know if Jaden's going to run at his, at his pro day. He says he's going to. He said he, he, he might test. I don't know if he's going to run. Um, regardless, I think, again, he might have better straight line speed at, like, top speed than Lamar. Lamar's shiftier, much more twitchy, blah, 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 blah. I'm also not going to compare him to Lamar Jackson. He's, he's the best dual-third quarterback in NFL history. Um, but with Jaden, I think – you're talking about a guy who avoids the avoids the turnover at all costs to a fault last year, I thought. Um, got a lot better this year, a whole, a whole percent higher, 1.6% turnover where he plays. Um, threw a couple more picks, only four of those still, uh, which is great numbers. Obviously played with uh, two first-round receivers, top 20 picks in Malik Neighbors, who um, – I would tout as, and I think he's being touted as the second best receiver prospect in the last five, six, seven years behind his classmate, Marv Harrison Jr. Um, I'll probably have him graded than graded higher than Jamar. Obviously we'll see what happens. He's not going to test. See if he tests for day. Um, but um, the guy's a freak. The two freaks on this team got Jaden loves to throw the deep ball. I will say Jaden doesn't have this like crazy strong arm like Penix does. Um, but the thing with him is he's got really, really good touch on the deep ball. He law, he puts really nice air under it. Um, it's got this real nice arc, almost, like, almost like a three point shot. Like it's just, the thing goes sails and it just, he gets good distance on it. Um, he's not throwing like the piss missiles, like frozen ropes at 45 yards downfield. Like some of these guys are, um, mm. but no, Jaden's a really good player. I think when you watch the tape from last year, this year, he got a lot better. Um, and I think with the reason, and I think a lot of times, and I, and I had this thought before, it's like, hey, do we know if he's going to get better? Like, how much better can he get? But I think the thing we're missing is that we finally saw his legs and his arm truly play hand-in-hand hand this year. I don't feel like we saw that last year, kind of acclimating to his system. Um, 
I mean, hell, he threw for, I mean, he threw for a thousand more yards on a hundred less dropbacks this year. Like, it's 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 wildly impressive what he did this year. And obviously, there's a lot of talent around him. Um, I mean, the talent around him with him and Bo and Mike, it's like it, it's absurd compared to the two guys at the top. But um, at least for me. But regardless, I think Jaden. The reason why he's going to be a, a be a top three pick is because he's so dangerous with his legs that the deficiencies he has as a thrower get covered up, and the defense has to give him some extra respect as a runner that frees him up to 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 use his arm and not kind of hide his ability as a runner masks the deficiencies as a passer that he might have. Um, that's out of Jaden's got again live arm. It's not this super cannon that he's going to throw, you know, high velo balls to the sideline, but he can he can put the ball anywhere on the field. He has really great touch with the ball, I thought. Um, again, turnover avoidant doesn't really uh, it, put the ball in harm's way a lot, unlike the other two guys ahead of him do. Uh, but again, I, I just I don't think he has nearly the ceiling two guys ahead of him have. Jaden's got franchise altering ceiling for sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, and we could see him. Like, he's farther along than Lamar was as a passer coming out. He's also three years older than Lamar coming out. He's 23. So he's a little older. But I think when you look at the prospect of – like, I, I kind of think this is what – like, as a passer, this is probably what Lamar would have become if he had stayed an extra year at Louisville. Like, if Lamar stays at Louisville an extra year, we're probably talking about him as a similar, like, prospect as a thrower. Um, it took Jaden an extra year. Which kind of doesn't really surprise me, just given he's just not not the arm talent that Lamar is at all. Lamar's got a ridiculous arm, um, but I think he's got like Lamar Jackson light ceiling, which is still ridiculous. Um, and just whether or not he can reach that, and if he can go to a place where he has the prerequisite talent around him within a couple of years to reach that ceiling, and I don't know if he's going to get it. Um, to me, that's a big thing with quarterbacks is like, hey, you got a lot of talent around you in college football. What do you look like without the talent around you? Like, are are you the talent or are you being elevated by the talent? <clears throat> and I think it's a little bit of both with Jaden. Um, certainly a very talented player. Also elevated by two top 20 picks and a top, probably a top five pick at receiver. So um, that said, Jaden's a stud. He's a, there's a clear separation between four and three. Um, honestly, I think, I think these guys are grouped uh pretty similarly to, like pretty fr- finally from like one is his own what one is by himself two's by himself three's by himself and then it's kind of the next group um that said three is closer to two than than four is to uh than four is to three and he's closer to two than two is to one um if that kind of made if you can follow that a little bit but yeah um big fan of Jaden. um like i said the the elite athletic profile as a runner is what makes him special. Um, and that was evident this year, obviously winning the Heisman, all that stuff, but he's a stud and he's got to go to the, whoever takes him has got to have a plan. Neither need to have the infrastructure or the plan to get the infrastructure in place around him. I would love, he, he would be, he'd be really good in Washington from day one. Can't say the same about New England because they have, they have nothing. Right. So I like Drake May a lot better in New England than I do Jaden in New England. Whereas like I'm kind of indifferent about both of them in New England or in Washington. I think they'd both be really good rookies. So in Washington, that's kind of how I see it. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I would much rather see Jaden in Washington and Drake in New England. Um, right. The alternative, but just for the just you know, for either, the, points. the right. team's sake, whatever. For the players' sake, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun to pair those guys and see how they, you know, produce and grow within those two systems. Um, but yeah, Jaden is my QB three as well from San Bernardino, San Bernardino, California. 23 and four months when the draft comes around three seasons, at Arizona state, like you said, with the last two being at Louisiana state, um, 72.2% completion this past season, 38 over 3,800 yards, almost 12 in attempt, 40 t- passing touchdowns, four picks, 50 total touchdowns. If you include his rushing, where he also had over eight yards of carry on 135 carries, but that's what makes, like you said, that's what makes this game so special. Um, he's crazy fast, athletic, with great burst. He's super quick, acceleration. Um, agility is really good, not as good as you would think. Um, surprising, surprisingly tough. Uh, he takes a ton of hits. I mean, one of his weaknesses is that he doesn't really try to avoid hits. Um, but I notice, I know he has two great receivers around him and just overall good offense, but he had a pretty good processor. Um, there weren't a whole lot of avenues that the play could go down. Like you said, it's either him running or throwing it to one of the two guys most of the time. But his deep ball accuracy, um, you know, lofts it in there seemingly, seemingly 99 times out of 100, um, you know, making big plays. Yes, he's very undersized and he does take a lot of hits. But, you know, it seems like most of his plays are – impact plays and I feel like given the talent around him he was able to maximize that and like you said more so this year than any of the previous four put his arm talent and leg talent together um, really well and I know because of the guys around him uh, made it a little easier but similar to Penix his best accuracy was on the deep throws Um, you know wasn't the best underneath Middle of the field, intermediate stuff wasn't quite as sharp. Um, excelled 20 plus yard balls um, down the field, and I think at the end of the day, these are you know what you might classify as weaknesses are able to be honed in and refined um, for the most part at the NFL level. I'm just a little worried with how old he is, how much more growing he can do, and I do think he has a you know a good ceiling. But whether he's drafted at two or he falls to Atlanta at eight, which I think is his range. I think at the end of the day, um, a team's going to be really happy with what they have and might not know what to do with him or how to use him at first. But I think he's going to be a very adaptable player to where a system can tailor towards him and make it a lot easier on him, similar to what we saw early on with Lamar, um, and then help him kind of evolve within the system and hopefully evolve the system with him to help his game and ultimately his longevity in the NFL. But I think he's going to be a successful quarterback and I just hope he doesn't, you know, quote, get figured out too quick um, with what he's put on tape at LSU and the talent he's had. Right. I, I will say with, with Jaden, like with the, with the Lamar thing, just, we'll talk about it another one more second. Cause like when Lamar came in, like, the Ravens didn't need to like let the, let him grow with the offense and obviously let Roman grow because the offense let him go because the offense really didn't grow with Lamar as a passer. I think with Jaden, it's more about like to me, hey, the infrastructure around him needs to be good. 
less about like he needs to grow with a system. I think he's done most of the growing. I think there's level, there's definitely some. He's 23. There's still plenty of growing left, but right. Like the, the Lamar growth was like this is a ball of clay with just an absurd talent. Lamar was not nearly the passer he was now coming out. Right? Like he he made massive leaps and bounds from rookie to even 2020, right? Where I think as opposed to with Jaden, like I think Jaden's done a lot of the growing that Lamar had to do in the NFL, which is why Jaden is is now is viewed as a as an upper echelon pick as opposed to like Lamar was like what do we do with him? Um that's what I'm saying. Like if like if, if Lamar to stayed at Louisville an extra year, then we're talking about him the same it's it's the same prospect echelon. Um it's just more about like Jaden's gotta have the infrastructure. I mean he's gotta have I mean I just I think though as his size like you mentioned the size and everything it's gotta be it's gotta be right for him right to succeed as a rookie. Um, I'll let you kick it off with number two. Uh, Jaden was three for you, correct? Yeah, he was QB three. Okay. Um, I'll let you go uh, lead us off with um, with number two here, then. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying with your tiers um, of QBs, I think my QB two is Drake May from UNC, and I think Jaden is close to him. Obviously, very different play styles, different strengths. Um, right. But as a prospect, he is close. Uh, I don't I know a few people have Jaden ahead. Very few. Um, but I think for the most part, Drake is pretty much consensus QB, too. Um, I will say a lot of people have Jaden at QB, two. They prefer the athletic profile and you're going to see them prefer someone like Roma Dune or someone like Malik Neighbors to maybe even Marv. Because mm-hmm. the, uh, you're going to see that tendency in there. Like they probably have Olu as tackle one. That's gonna be the tendency, right? For them is they like the, the athlete. I just want to point yeah. that out before before we go too far to Drake, because that's gonna be the big reason that I think he's favored over Drake is the athletic profile. Right. Yeah. Every team's gonna internally um view these guys differently. Um but yeah, the reason Drake was QB two for me, and I know he didn't have as good as stats, but I mean he didn't have a whole lot around him, honestly. At all. I mean, he had a couple good receivers, um, but they weren't anything special. And I just think he did a lot with what he had, whereas Jaden really did a lot with. He really maximized his. How, how do I say this? He maximized his capabilities because of what he had. And I don't think Drake was able to do that. Because he didn't have obviously what Jaden had, but Drake's from Huntersville, North Carolina. Um, incredible athletic family. I know his brother um, was a basketball legend there at Carolina. You know, five years ago, um, his dad played at Carolina. Um, he has another brother that's also an athlete, and then I think another one that also plays. I forget what sport he plays, but all those guys play. His- his brother Luke was like a UNC basketball legend, like won a national title yeah. with them. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not sure where the other guys play, but they all have been athletes. Most of them at Carolina, um, so it runs in the family. He looked very mature for the most part. Um, you know, only spent three seasons at North Carolina. Really, only played in two seasons. I think his freshman year he had like ten attempts 
Um, I don't think he's really going to participate in the combine much, um, if at all. I know he's doing interviews, but outside of that, I don't think he's going to do a whole lot. In terms of his stats this past year, almost 64% completion percentage, over 3,600 yards, 8.5 per attempt, 24 touchdowns to 9 picks. Interception number is a little bit higher. I think he tried to do a lot um, and didn't realize, you know, how poor the talent around him was. But in terms of his strengths, I thought there were a lot. Um, I mean, being 6'4", 230, and not turning 22 until, I think, September is big, um, given what he's already put out there. Arm strength is really good. Um, A great build, like I said. Athletic um, and quick for as big as he is. I thought throwing under pressure, he was pretty solid, still maintained accuracy in comparison to a clean pocket. Um, layered the throws really well. Um, he doesn't always try to do too much. He does take the, te- take the check down when it's there. Uh, their running back, Marion Hampton, I believe was his name, had an incredible year, um, top five running back. And, you know, that wouldn't have happened if Drake was just trying to put stats out there, put numbers up. So, um you know, very much aware of the talent around him, aware of what he has and um, what he's able to do. But he wasn't overly aware in the pocket. I think his pocket presence wasn't as good as I thought it would be going into it. Um, didn't always know where guys were when, didn't know how to move or step up, um, slide in the pocket. And within the play, he didn't always adjust to the de- what the defense was showing or disguising versus what they were aligned in. Um, you know, he didn't wouldn't always audible into what play would have matched up well versus the defense defense's alignment. So those are things that can be fixed, mainly just a little quicker as a processor and adjusting is really the main thing for him. And then just being aware in the pocket. But outside of that, I thought he was really, really good. Um, I think whether it's Washington or New England or a team that trades up to get him, um, regardless of who ends up. Drafting him is going to be really happy with what they have. Um, I think he's, for the most part, pro-ready uh, to be a starter day one. I, I hope he has some talent around him because, you know, like we are saying with um, with Jaden and matching Washington and New England, I think he would be better suited in a less talented team than Jaden. But I do hope that some of these guys have talent around them because ultimately that's going to make the transition a lot easier. And making the jump to the NFL is – tough regardless of who you are um so having guys around you always helps ease the transition but really really like drake um qb2 for me like i said and i think he has a lot of room to grow um while also still having a high floor and i think at the end of the day that's going to be a really positive uh sign for nfl teams and i think he could end up having a really really good career and you know end up being a top 10 quarterback within a few years Yeah, I mean, you talk about sky's the limit for a guy. Um, Drake's a really good player. I think similarly to what Caleb happened with him this year, it's like he almost felt like I have to be Superman on every single play. I have to, I have to make the the best the best throw and the biggest play I can make. Uh, both of them did it a lot. Um, like you said, six four six four two thirty, which for Drake, um, the way I would describe Drake May is Josh Allen's brain in Justin Herbert's body is what I would say. Um, Built very similar to Justin Herbert. Um, 
moves very similarly. It's probably a little a little more like long speed, maybe a little more shiftiness, just giving it a little smaller. Um, but if you if you took the if you took Josh Allen's like YOLO meter, like, cr- like if you basically again you, everyone says Josh Allen's cranked up on the YOLO meter, like he's just gonna do whatever. That's kind of that's what Drake May does. Um, so that's why I say it's Josh Allen's brain and Justin Herbert's body, um, which is a it's a great combination. I'll be honest. I mean, the guy's a stud. Um, he can make every throw on the football field. He can do basically everything you want him to do. It's just like reining it in sometimes. He's got to be able to do that a little bit at the next level. And um, I didn't think he'll be he'll get a talent upgrade. It feels like every year, like <laughs> the UNC gets worse and worse and worse at receiver every year. Like Sam Howell went from like he he lost a couple of receivers and then Drake had Josh Downs last year, and then he loses him and he gets Tez Walker, who was like good, but not wasn't as good as Josh Downs was for him. And um obviously he said Amari Hampton had a great year. Um lean on, they lean on him a lot. they were down. It felt like they were down in games a lot. They they should have been so much better than they were. Um definitely a team that that sells the disappointed, but I wouldn't say that Drake disappointed at all. Um Special, special, special arm talent from Drake. Um, the athleticism is beyond plus. Um, guy can take off and run. I mean, he's not I mean, obviously he's not Jane Daniels, but um, he's an incredibly probably smooth mover, hard to bring down, hard to tackle. Um, uses the pump fake well, I think. I think you see it a lot in the game. He uses the pump fake well. Um, easy velocity on his passes. Uh, really good ball placement most of the time. Um, Again, I, the speed, the long speed's better than what he gets credit for, I think. Um, and then there's times where he just like, I don't know, whiffs. It's like, what's going on? Like, what? what, what? You have one play where he'll he'll make an absurd on the run throw, and then the next one's like, you you whiffed an easy you you whiffed an easy one. You missed the hanging slider. Like, you hit the hundred mile an hour fastball up and in. And then you miss the hanging, you miss the hanging off-speed pitch. It's, it's like, and that doesn't happen a lot. It's just like, and I think it's it's him just being a young player. It's him being a guy who's a second-year starter who's not 22, right? He's a young kid. He's still a very very young football player. Um, I would, I think I would like to see the progression. I don't know what his progressions. It's just like it's getting through the reads and and making all of his reads sometimes like he'll see something and he wants to take the shot right away or he wants to take the big play it's like hey go through a couple more progressions and then take the take the four yard ball instead of the 20 yard ball right but at the end of the day it feels that feels nitpicky with drake he's a really really good player um might have been qb1 last year like comparing him to bryce and cj probably qb1 of those guys, he's probably drafted for. Some, I mean, obviously, it's like CJ was a, a top ten quarterback as a rookie, so it's hard to like argue against him as a prospect. Just, I, I really think, like, as in a, in a vacuum, as prospects, not looking at it with like revisionist lens of seeing what he did as a rookie, he probably gets drafted ahead of CJ and Bryce last year. Um, just given the size and then the profile and skill set, um, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, he's really he, – I think you touched a lot on a lot of it uh, really nicely. Um, I'd like to see him kind of crank down the the YOLO meter, if you will, sometimes and just kind of take some of the easier stuff. But, again, um, probably gets a little more help at the, at the NFL level from the offensive line um, and the receivers. 
Especially if he goes to Washington. If he goes to New England, he better get used to it. Because right. they suck. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we've done the Drake May conversation, I will ask you, do you think Cliff is going to prefer Drake or is he going to prefer Caleb? Or sorry, Drake or Jaden. They're not getting Caleb, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think... I think it seems like Washington fans would prefer Jaden. I think the way Cliff, I think he will prefer Drake. Yeah, like if Drake wasn't as good of a runner as he is, I would say like he probably prefers Jaden. But mm-hmm. I mean, he he does. I mean, he does, he does. Drake does everything. Yeah, literally everything. So, um, for sure. I, I think Drake ends up going first. Uh, or a, I guess rather second, like ahead of first between him and Jaden um, yep. at the end of the day, but we'll see. Um, all right. Number one, this is the currently the number two player on my big board, but it's like pretty tight between him and him and Marv. Um, yeah, spoiler alert, Marv's my number one receiver. Spoiler, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, Caleb Williams, number one quarterback in the class. Arguably the best player in the class if you take into account positional value, like fully, that quarterback's just that much more valuable than receiver. Um, 6'1, 215. Um, built like a, I would say a more solid Baker Mayfield is like his build. Like Baker was a little, he's a little taller than Baker, but um, thickly built kid, really athletic though. It's not like a, like a bad thickly built, like he's a, a really, a really, really sturdy, um, clean, thickly built 6'1, 215. Um, Man, born seven days after me. Look at that. Uh, November 18th, 2001. Um, so older for his gr- – a uh, year old for his grade. Um, yep. I don't know if that's like a D.C. thing. He's a uh, D.C. native, so would love to see him go to Washington. Um, not only just like just for Washington and like getting to see him, but I'd get to see him play a lot, which would be cool. Um, but Caleb, uh, like I said, D.C. native. I went to school. I'm gonna forget. Do you remember where we went to school? It was a, it's a, it's one of those powerhouses. Yeah, it was an academy. Um, I don't remember. It was either. I don't remember the school. He was a high school teammate with a guy in his class. Too. I'm trying to remember. Gonzaga College High School. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I'm trying to remember who the who was the quarterback that he, or the player that he went to high school in this class. Uh. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh they Gonzaga guys in this class from yeah. Well, they just they produce a lot of like D1 talent anyways. Um, but uh, obviously Caleb Williams, uh, Heisman Trophy winner in 2022, uh, got to USC via Oklahoma uh, via the transfer portal after Lincoln Riley uh, left Oklahoma to go to USC in the 2022 offseason. Um, last year, 4,500 yards, 42 touchdowns, five picks on 500 attempts and 568 dropbacks. And I believe he added, I want to say like 500 rushing yards last year, maybe more, uh, 624 rushing, rushing, rushing yards last year, 10 touchdowns, uh, six fumbles this year on the ground, 356 yards, 11 touchdowns, 16 fumbles, which is an issue we're going to get to in a second. Um, and then 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, five picks on, 394 attempts and 455 dropbacks. So uh, about 100 less dropbacks, 100 less attempts, um, higher completion percentage this year, higher yards per attempt this year. Certainly a lot less talent around him. Turnover worthy play percentage doubled from 1.8 to 3.6% this year. 
Um, drops actually went down shockingly. Pressure was way up. Uh, sacks were up. Time to throw is actually down. Actually, the time to throw is the lowest it's ever been in his career, which I think people want to hate on him for having a high time to throw. But I think it's just the nature of his game. Um, but I'll kind of get into the actual gameplay. Um, the good, I mean, the guy can do everything. Like, there's nothing Caleb Williams can't do in a football field. Um, you see some of the most unreal. All, when you watch the All-22 on Caleb, you see some of the most unreal, like, on-the-run throws. Um, like, rolling and scrambling and flipping around, like, running right, flipping around to his left, and, like, throwing a ball 40 yards downfield. Like, that's not normal. Um, this guy has the best arm in the class. I know Mike's got, like, a super strong arm. His is better. Um it's more accurate. It's just, it's just, he's got that. He makes throws nobody else makes. Um, and I know like he gets the comp a lot and this guy was not nearly the college, like the NFL prospect that Caleb is, but like the, the stuff he does on tape, like truly does look like Patrick Mahomes in college. Like that truly is what it looks like. And I'm not saying they're the exact same player, but like the build is a little bit similar. They got the same complexion. They played in a very similar offense. Granted, Cliff was throwing that thing a little, slinging it a little further downfield than what, than what Lincoln did, but same principles um, at the end of the day. And it's the same ability to be, just be a magician at all times. Um, that's what I would say Caleb is, is a magician. Uh, I call it a modern air raid is what, is what, is what Lincoln runs, uh, rooted in the RPO inside zone, and then kind of pushing it downfield after that. But Weapons weren't nearly as good this year. Obviously, lost Jordan Addison, um, lost a couple offensive linemen in, in the draft. Um, but again, it's he's the best. He's he's the best off-script player and like out-of-structure player I've ever seen in college. Like that's league a lot of times. Like Joe Burrow, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. These guys didn't really weren't out of structure a lot because their teams were really really good. Caleb was out of structure at the time. It was just as just as good in college as a lot of these guys. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow's senior season LSU was unreal. It's different, but um, I think Caleb gets has better footwork and fundamentals than people give him credit for. Um, he's got a, a, just a, an, an innate ability to break tackles inside the pocket, outside the pocket. Um, I'm watching Braylon Trice a couple of, like last week, and like man, he missed a sack, but like. That's Caleb Williams, like whatever. It's just that like he does this to everybody. Um, he's an elite competitor. Um, I know he gets knocked for this for some reason. I think it's because he's different. But like you talk to people at USC and they rave about him. Like there, nobody at USC will say a bad thing about this kid. Um, he's got a, he's got a lot of charitable work. I don't think people really like know that. He, like, obviously, like I'm an SC fan, so I know a lot of this stuff. But um, he is a charity. He does a lot of work with like bullying and he does a lot with like men's mental health and it's called the finance is called Caleb carries with a bunch of different stuff. Um, a lot of his NIL money goes to that. Um, he's a great kid off the field. He's obviously different. He's huge into fashion. He's just stuff that's not traditional for football players. Um, I don't really think that makes him bad or different or, or not a leader. I think that's a bad, it's a terrible I'm not going to say what I, what I want to say. I won't say that, but like, it's just, it's a lazy take that just, just say you don't like him. Just say, you, just, just say you don't like him and move on. Say you don't like the way he lives his life and move on. That's all you have to say. It's more respectable than saying he's, 
a bad person or whatever. Um, so like I said, there, there's a million different positives you can give him. The weaknesses, um, he's got to be willing to just throw the ball away sometimes. Like just live to see the next down. And that and and it definitely felt like he more him more so than even Drake was like, I have to make, I have to score on every possession because if I don't, we're losing. And that's truly what it was at USC this year in the last two years. Was like if we don't score on every drive, like we're losing. Like we're gonna lose the game. And so um Caleb definitely felt that pressure this year a lot more than last year because the offense just wasn't as good around him. Um again, just be willing to take the next t- take the check down, throw it away, um, and just live to see another down. Um the other thing is like <laughs> you can't fumble sixteen times. Like you gotta have some better ball security when you are gonna run around and scramble. And do the whole like prime Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes thing. Like, great. Got to take better care of the football this year. Got to take better care of the ball. That's the one thing where it's like everything else I thought he was just as good at this year, except for that. Like, you just got to take care of the football better. And, and again, maybe it's just looking for the extra, the extra thing, the extra step to get the ball out or whatever, but live to see the other day and be okay with taking a zero a zero yard gain instead of a 20 yard loss take the no gain and just see the next down or just rely on the defense and i think he would build that in the nfl i don't think it's for lack of like ability to do it i think it's just the situation he was in and just the elite competitor that he is wanting to win every single time he's out there and feeling the pressure on himself to win um i think was what a lot of that led to um but again I don't think there's a lot of fundamental fun. Like there's nothing. I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with this game. It's just like, Hey, turn the Josh Allen meter down and be more like, you know, just be a little safer with the ball sometimes. Other than that though, um, it's all positives. Like it's all positives. There's nothing, there's nothing. I, there's stuff he's, he does on tape that I've never seen before from college quarterbacks. Genuinely elite talent, um, franchise altering player. Worthy, I think he's worthy of the like all time quarterback prospect like conversation that he's in. Um, and he's so clearly the number one quarterback in the class. We did this thing for a couple of weeks. I was like, oh, maybe it's Drake May. It, it's not. Well, it was quickly shut down. Um, people watching L22 were like, oh, well, maybe USC was just that bad this year. And, and they were. As somebody who watched all their games, they were that bad. Um, so yeah, Caleb's going to get drafted by the Bears, go live in Chicago, and um, probably be a fashion icon while he plays in the NFL, which is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL probably in a couple of years at, at max. So I'm not going to say he's going to do what, go do what Joe Burrow and Herbert or CJ Stroud just did in their rookie years, being these kind of brand new rookie quarterbacks who vaulted onto the scene and were elite, basically, from, from day one, like all three of those guys were. But um or like Lamar was in the back half of this of the rookie when he started like I'm not gonna say he's gonna be that but never put that expectation on somebody but he's gonna be really really good very quickly in the NFL and a guy who has the potential to be the best player in the league someday for sure yeah he should be um really good fairly soon and obviously he's my QB1 as well um from DC I know he played with Olu in high school I don't know how long though um, that's who it was it was it was Olu. i don't i don't know remember how long but he he spent um caleb spent 2021 at ou um followed lincoln to usc 
two seasons there. He won the Heisman in 2022 as a sophomore. Uh, like you said, he's a year old for his class, technically, um, being 22 and a half when the draft comes. 6'1", 215. Uh, like you said, pretty solid build. A little bit short for what you'd want in a quarterback, but should be fine. Um, he's not going to participate at the Combine this weekend. And his stats this past season were just under 69% completion percentage, um, over 3,600 pass yards, 9.4 in attempt, 30 touchdowns, five picks. Strengths, um, arm talent, I think is the best in the class. Overall velocity, I don't know if it's the best. I think Penix might have more velocity, but in terms of arm talent, he has the most being able to make throws from wherever he's the best at. Um, good layering of his, of his throws, um, kind of whatever you needed. A lot of the times when he would scramble and get the ball out, it'd be fairly deep routes, if not, you know, longer intermediate routes. But um, even the shorter ones, he's pretty solid with. The off-platform throwing was great. Um, On-the-move throws, really flexible. He would get hit and still be able to get the ball out. Um, Overall accuracy was pretty solid. Um, I know it's not like a godly completion percentage number. Um, You know, a little above average in terms of class-wide. But – but was still pretty accurate, had really good vision, um, a solid processor, athletic, like I said, you know, being flexible, being elusive. Um, I wanted to see a little bit more from him in structure as a true drop back guy. And I know scrambling is part of what makes him so good, but, um, but at the next level, I just want to see a little bit more structure. Um, I noticed sometimes dropping back, getting to his, you know, five-step drop or seven-step drop, um, he would take sometimes a few too many steps. And I think that led to a little bit later throws, would throw off the timing a little bit. Um, And then, like you said, a good bit, he's overly aggressive at times, tries to do too much, um, whether it leads to fumbling, like you mentioned, or um, I think a couple picks were just him trying to do too much and then just overthrows um, occasionally because of that as well. So, um, you know, not as structured as a, as a player due to what he had at USC, but all the tools are there, and I think he can play well in structure. Just need to see a little more from that. But overall, um, he's really, really good right up there with Luck and Lawrence and Burrow in terms of um, overall prospects, and you could put any of those guys in any order, and I think it'd be fine. But, um, you know, I can't say for certain, but seems like he's going to be the first overall pick for now. Um, you know, obviously pick orders can change. Um team's boards can change but it seems like he's going to be the first overall pick but uh yeah i really like really like what i saw across the board and in terms of rankings i know i said really the only thing that probably has a chance to change is Penix and mccarthy at some point but for now um you know i got Bo at six mccarthy at five Penix at four Jaden at three drake may at two and caleb at one where you have Bo at five uh Penix at six and then McCarthy at four, Jaden three, Drake two, Caleb one. So I think at the end of the day, um, you know, one to six is kind of where most people will do these rankings because there's, like I said, six guys that could go in the first round. But everyone has different orders. I know DJ, um, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network, has Penix, JJ, Bo, Jaden, Drake, Caleb, um, and then Connor Rodgers, Trevor Sikama, they both have Caleb Drake um, as one, two. 
But other than that, you'll see a lot of variation in terms of sometimes three, but mostly four to six range. There's going to be a good bit of rain or uh, variation between people's rankings. But overall, um, an incredible quarterback class, a class that I think collectively everyone has such high expectations for, where I think it's going to take a little bit more time for these guys to truly reach the potential. And some people realize now a lot of people are saying, oh, Bo, Michael, even JJ um, need to sit for a while, at least, you know, four or six weeks, maybe a year um, for these guys to really to maximize their potential and really get them acclimated to the game um, in the best way possible. Whereas other guys like Caleb Drake and Jaden are going to start day one and they're going to be asked to take on a lot more with probably a lot less around them. So it's going to be different to see how these guys pan out um, and what situations they get put into. But I'm really looking forward to seeing not only um, the place these guys end up at the next level, but the order that they go on a, on April 25th, mostly, and then into 26. But should be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad we were able to get this episode out to y'all a little early. A little bit of a surprise, but uh, we initially planned on doing it last. But uh, when taking the combine into account, we wanted to save receivers and offensive tackles for after the combine just to see if maybe they changed three or four or four or five for us um, just based on what they put up in Indianapolis this weekend. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun doing this one. Um, and uh, like I said, two more position rankings left. Two more to go. Uh, easily my my two favorite classes. I mean, it's easy to have these two be your favorite classes. They're probably the two deepest classes in the entire thing. Um, tackles is my favorite position to do. Um, you get some just freak athletes out there. Um, and then you get some just some fun play. Just uh, if it's someone who likes watching offensive line play and then the receivers are Receivers are unreal. Um, I have three receivers in my top four on my big board right now, so they're they're really fun. Um, probably gonna see another guy drafted in the top fifteen, and then you're gonna have a, a whole grouping of like probably ten. I don't know if it's ten, but it's probably from like six all the way to like twelve that are all gonna be really closely together. Um, so I'm I'm super pumped to get that episode done. Obviously, in a couple of weeks, um, tackles are gonna be first up. Um, but yeah, man, these, the, the quarterbacks was fun. Um, like you said, tearing's going to be kind of how, kind of how we laid it out. Um, curious to see these guys go. I really think it's going to end up being Caleb Drake, Jaden on draft night. We'll see. Um, if the Pats don't want to take a quarterback, they should trade out. Um, yeah. and I think they might, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm kind of curious to see again, what happens in the next week. Ryan polls. <laughs> really did his best to make it not obvious they're taking Caleb today. Um, just the way he spoke is basically like, yeah, we're going to trade Justin in the next week. <laughs> they want to get a deal done before free agency. Um, I'd be just dumbfounded if they didn't, if they didn't take Caleb at one, if they moved out of the, if they move out of the pick again, like the commitment to the bit is just way too much. <laughs> just take the quarterback and, and, and start over. Um, you're not paying Justin Fields. So, um, no, I, I think Poles knows what the quarterback selection means for him. And basically it resets his, his career timer in Chicago, if you will. And he has to do that. They have, they've underperformed. They've not been good. Um, and I think as, as, as much as Justin did make some improvements down the stretch this year for the bears, I just like that ain't going to improve and ain't going to cut it. Like the floor that for Caleb Williams is what Justin feels is bit. You have to. 
he doesn't take a quarterback and they don't resign fields, like he might be gone. You know what I mean? So um, hmm. they're taking, they're, they're, they're going to stick, stick and take Caleb. Um, I did hear the Steelers are not going to be trading for fields. That's I, I did hear that. Um, they do not want to, to trade for a quarterback. So um, I was told Tannehill and Pickett being the two there next year is pretty likely. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens with fields. I would I wouldn't mind seeing him seeing him in Atlanta. I think there's a chance that we could see New England get him and sit with him for a year. Problem is like the NFL hates the quarterbacks next year. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think we'll have a. I think this time next week we'll have um, some clarity on the situation potentially. And then I think by the time we record receivers, um, which is the day the tampering opens or the day after tampering opens for agency, we'll we'll have a Justin Fields trade by then. I think so. Um, that wraps it up for quarterbacks though. Like I said, really really a group to do. Um, offense tackles next week, which I'm pumped about. So uh, I'll let you give any closing remarks you might have and we'll get out of here yeah i think that's pretty much it um like i said going into it, a little bit of a longer episode today given the most um important position group and the position group that holds more weight on how the draft goes than any other group um for obvious reasons but uh thank y'all for tuning in like we said two more position rankings left tackles next week receivers to close it out and after that we're gonna be starting mock draft mondays um figure out what order we're doing it but we're gonna be one round mocks for the most part might have um a two rounder but appreciate y'all tuning in um follow us on x and instagram at cold seat podcast and we'll see y'all later this week for episode 70 yeah we'll see you guys then